The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Welcome, everybody, to the Christine Uptrich Show here on 1150 AM KKNW in the Seattle area and on Transformation Talk Radio around the world. If you're listening after the fact instead of listening live, you might be listening on one of the dozens of podcasts this ends up in or on ChristineUpchurch.com. But whenever and wherever you're joining us from today, we're so grateful you're here. And I think you're going to be excited, too, because we have a VIP guest Somebody who was very important to me with his work early in my journey, and here he is still again, and and he's I, I believe he's helping sort of shift things to the new new age, which is I don't know that's what I've been calling it these days. But before we get into that, I want to say hello to the man behind the technology over there, Benny Mather. Hey there, hey there. I'm doing very well, very well. Good, good. It was an exciting week out where I am. Yeah. Um, yep, we had snow and then more snow and more snow. And, you know, I, I would get my 12-inch ruler out in the snow, and by the time it was disappearing in the snow, I just kind of gave up. So oh. we had more than a foot. Um, and it's been icy out there. We had trees down. I had a tree down across my driveway. My lovely neighbor came over and Aww. chopped it up before I was ever even awake that morning. Wow, that was very nice. Yeah, we, and we nice. got a private road, so we had to hire somebody to clear it and, um, you know— it, but it's been crazy, and we lost power three times oh. over the course of the See, week. we had like a flake, and everyone freaked out, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what happened here. It, it's funny. You know, I'm, what, 40 minutes away from the studio, and mm-hmm. yet we've had very different weather. I know. It's it's amazing, but that's just kind of the area. It is. It is. But yeah. we love it. Yes. And I'm really excited about our guest today. Oh, my goodness. Um, he is the author of The Celestine Prophecy, and I have to tell you, the Celestine Prophecy and the other books and his workshops, it, it's not just a book. It's not just a philosophy. It's not just a movie. It is a phenomenon, and it has been for decades. I know that the Celestine Prophecy played an important role early in my sort of spiritual awakening, and I love the book, and I love that he's got, oh my goodness, he's got a new edition with an afterword on how to discover your own Celestine experience. And we're going to talk about that. Um, his books have been on the New York Times bestselling list for, oh gosh, three years total. Um, the Celestine Prophecy was number one on the New York Times bestseller list. And I'm really grateful to have our guest here today, James Redfield. Welcome, James. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be with you. Nice to be with you, too. And you know, um, I love hearing about how this book was born. You know, it's sometimes we're sort of drawn to bring something to the world, and a lot of people will just say no. But please share with our listeners how this book came about, you know, a few decades ago. Well, you know, I'm the uh, poster guy for coming from nowhere with with a creation uh, that 
that uh, touched people. And, um, uh, you know, so I do a lot of talking about that. You know, you know, we're all, we all have this message uh, that we can all learn to present it the, the way our soul wants. And, uh-huh. and it can happen. It, it can happen. So, uh, you know, my background was uh, psychotherapy. You know, I was, I was, I went through a traditional psychotherapy program and then, then I discovered the human potential movement that mm-hmm. was uh, in the early 90s, uh, sort of peaking. And I really, when I started to, to, to add the, the dimension of consciousness to uh, how we help each other, how, how the helping services can be effective, uh-huh. uh, I realized that, look, it's, uh, we, we've discovered a spiritual psychology here, and I, I think that's what came before really even, um, uh, the, you know, this sort of explosion of New Age thought uh-huh. uh, in the 90s. And, and what happened, though, with me was that I realized that I wanted to, I wanted to write about this, you know, the sort of the nature of tapping into spirituality, uh, not, not dependent on a religion, but dependent on the experience you can have. Right. And I uh, tried to do that academically, and I just it just bored me to tears. But it, <laughs> yeah, so I decided to write a story based on my experiences with this and, and others. And um, and it what came out was a book about uh, insight, meaning sort of an awakening moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the awakening moment... Uh, lead us to realizing that there's a sort of uh, design in the world, a metaphysical uh, way of looking at the world and stepping into a flow there. So I just uh, crafted the story around that, and um, what happened was that it, it touched people who were, I think, realizing the same thing, that mm-hmm. we were really discovering a path into, into, uh, into our highest spirituality right. and consciousness. Right. At the same time, so obviously uh, the book hit, and people start passing it along. It uh, we actually did our own uh, version. Our first publication was ours from our uh, public publishing company. Then, and, and back then, that w- that was unheard of. Yeah, that was very rare. Uh, and and uh, but I just you know I had people wanting to publish it, but I was getting so much word of mouth when I tested it with people that I thought. You know, this needs to be out right now. Uh-huh. The only yeah. way I could do that is just form my own company, and uh, it's pretty. It's pretty interesting uh, that story alone. You know, getting it out there. But but uh, the, the, the upshot is, is people passed it along because they wanted their they wanted to discuss it with their friends, right. and it went viral totally. And uh, I mean, in the first year, it was in thirty six countries. Wow, and, uh, and yeah, you know, and then by the, I think the third or fourth year, it was the best-selling book in the world. Now, that's heady stuff. It is. And, uh, it is, and it was time and, because I, I know that I was on my path. I I faced the early stages of lymphoma back in the late '80s, and sort of was kind of forced to really explore the nature of reality, and ended up healing myself. But it was it was at a time when. Um, there were very few books, like the late 80s, early 90s. There weren't a lot of books out there talking about that's not spirituality in terms of religion, but more general spirituality and how it affects our reality or potentially affects our reality. And 
So this adventure story that you've written, um, it was at a perfect time when I think those of us who were ready to sort of expand, you were sharing these insights in a, in a very adventurous story um, that were teaching us that we could tap into something more. And and that's what the conclusion was, and and I think that you know the the it, the, the book, if you if I were to try to describe it, it's a kind of roadmap to uh, a philosophy, a way of life, a way of a spiritual way of life that results in all these mysterious coincidences mm. that you can begin to follow and open up your intuitive. Uh, intelligence, so that you you get you find this this, this uh, direction you find within your highest intelligence that is leading you to the right place where all this flow of synchronicity can uh-huh. happen. Right, and you know that's the path into this. Of course, there's, there's more uh, involved. You do have to get on the right side of karma and other things to get to get to get this flow. But that's our worth, our first life. And I, you know, I say that to all ages, all groups. So it's it's not just somebody who is spiritual, I put that in quotes, but for anybody who's here in human form, you're saying that we can tap into something more and be in that, that synchronous flow where reality unfolds in amazing ways. Yeah, and the key is to allow yourself to be guided by this higher intelligence that mm-hmm. we have within Right. And again, and all this is not theory. It all can be proved for oneself. It, it works. It, and and the, to me, it's like the, you know, we always complain that, well, there's no uh, operation uh, manual for, for planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Well, there is an operating manual, and, and I didn't discover it. And, and I, I have to be clear about this. I, I put it together from what the human potential movement and all the scholars and all the great philosophy that came out in the 60s and 70s that prepared us for all that, uh, you know, I, in my view, it was the human race collectively saying, hey, wait a minute. No, we don't have an operating manual, but mm-hmm. through consensus building over a hundred years of the human potential movement, we have discovered it. And uh, so my, you know, my role then was to get it out uh, uh, and, and be its cheerleader. Because I really do think that's true. Uh, the the life that is that is available to us is it is a it's a narrow road, but, uh, but you, you can't just sort of keep your old reactions and enter this path. Mm-hmm. You know, you you really have to retrain your ordinary reactions to something that comes from a higher part of yourself, a higher consciousness, and a higher intelligence. Yeah, and- but once you do that, you know, you know what happens. And to me, that is sort of connecting the psychological with the spiritual. That's right. Yeah, which I think is so important. And I think that um, from my perspective, I think there have been aspects of the New Age movement that have missed that. Um, That's right. I I think it's a a really important part. When we return here after the break, um, James, I'm going to want you to talk about why you re-released this book now, and I really would like to get your perspective on what's going on in the world, and are we on a path to destruction, or are we at a path of great potential? Stay tuned for a few, in here in a few moments with James Redfield. <laughs> 
the vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Do you sometimes feel overwhelmed by your mind? Powerless when it seems to spin in worry circles or bombard you with self-critical thoughts? Do you want to learn how to master your mind and feel more in control of your life? Listen to Dr. Friedemann's Empowerment Radio, Shift from confusion to clarity, self-doubt to confidence, and from anxiety to peace and balance. Dr. Friedman and his many guest experts share the insights and tools you want to live with greater ease, joy, and purpose. Tune in to Empowerment Radio every first and third Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field, or aura, surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. How many times do you find yourself saying, it was nothing? Next time someone tells you, great job, you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com, and listen to the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific with host Sherry Clark. You have the courage to be seen. See you later. Welcome back to the Christine Eptrich Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. Um, James, I'm really fascinated by the fact that you have re-released the Celestine Prophecy, and it's got a great seg- section at the end about how to discover your own Celestine experience. But I'm curious about why now? Why have you re-released this now? Well, it's interesting. You know, I, uh, you know, I when we started looking at the numbers, uh, the Celestine Prophecy 
you know, it's always been out there. Uh-huh. It's been out there for 20 years. It's, it's always uh, been a pass-along book. But something unique in the world is happening, and that is that we, we have two – we really have three generations exploring the larger questions of life. You know, mm. isn't there more? Right. You know, we have the baby boomers who a lot of them are retiring. Uh-huh. So what they're thinking is, what do I want to do now? What, yeah. You know, yeah. what do I want to do when I grow up? You know what? What what do I as a legacy? What can I get involved with? You know, charities or yeah. helping with people or what is? You know, what's my calling? I don't want to just you know play shuffleboard. You know, that baby boomers did not want to do that. Right, and they I think that there are many who are evaluating what they have done with their lives, and it's like they've amassed a whole lot of stuff, and there are aspects of it that feel really empty. Um, they're they're wondering, you know, okay, well, it was a good career, but did I really serve humanity? And so people really are reevaluating who they yeah. are and what to, they want to share. To make our lives have more meaning. Yeah. So, but that's just one generation. We also have millennials. Now, millennials are in, you know, there's a huge generation, larger than baby boomers were, and they are now reaching that critical point where the bulk of them are, are entering the 38 to 40, really about 36 to 45 uh, time in the life. And uh-huh. that time is, okay, you say at that time of life, every generation says, uh, okay, I've, I've done this, I've done the family thing, I've done to my kids, I got through that, uh, but now, what do I really want to do with my life? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's asking the same questions really as the baby boomers. So they're they're thinking, okay, but what would have more meaning for me? So you got to you, so that's two generations mm-hmm. asking that question. Right. And then you, uh, if you look at the the children of millennials, they're either approaching college or they're in college. Mm-hmm. The oldest one. Right. And they're they're thinking, well, wait a minute. You know, I have to figure out this crazy world. I'm not going to get, how, how can I educate myself? I'm not going to go to school, play around, and have a $100,000 debt on my hand. Uh, that's crazy. So they're also saying, asking, well, how can I get started in life? Isn't there more for in life? And uh, I think that I, I've got a 19-year-old and a 25-year-old, and, and I think that um, the opportunities and the hope, that I felt when I was around that age isn't the same for that generation because it's, it's, it's almost like um, they're seeing through how the, the brokenness of our politics, the brokenness of our corporate world, um, and they're finding that the, the material things that their parents sought, they, they're not seeking, they're seeking experiences, and but they're feeling rather disillusioned with the world at hand. That's right. And, and it's, well, it's just hard to figure out how to go forward. Yeah. But what they, in, in that, but, so they're, you know, I mean, as, as a young baby boomer, I didn't know how to go forward either. But it, uh, things seemed to be uh, like there, there was a traditional path and everybody took it, mm-hmm. you know. Right. But now there's not. There are many paths forward. And they're learning those. And, 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 and another, so here are these three generations tuning in to the deeper questions. 
at the same time, the momentum that meditation has had in the world is exploding. There, there are more people meditating in the world right now than ever before. Really? And I believe we can start to feel the, the effects of that. And what that always is, is feeling, okay, I'm more centered in my own life. I'm just not just doing what the crowd wants to do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm centered into, you know, uh, and the really the, the, the human, it's just one mind, you know. I mean, uh, uh, Dr. Larry Dossey, if you, nobody, you know, if anybody out there has not read his book, I would suggest, oh, yeah. it, you know. And it's one mind. We're, it's really a kind of a collective mind. That's why cultures work, languages mm-hmm. work, all that. Right, right. And so we're tuning up in consciousness the mind of the globe. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason it looks so crazy, if you watch the nightly news. Oh, yeah, it's looking way crazy. Is that the people who aren't connecting with the higher, uh, say, dimensions of intelligence that allow one to center in one's life and go forward with some intuitive direction and that sort of thing, is that so many people in charge in politics and in the media aren't, haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's an argument they'll be the last to do it. Right. So they're just choosing sides and distorting the truth from both sides. It's, it's a, a crazy kind of time in the unenlightened world. Yeah. And but, I think that there, there are people out there who are who really do seek truth um and there are those who who are just being tribal and and i'm i'm curious you know i i think of us as being tribal um by nature you know it's in our dna it's the way we've survived uh you know for thousands and thousands of years and yet i look at the tribalism and and the dysfunction that comes from that um how, how do we transcend from tribal to global and to oneness? Well, you can't just go up to somebody and lecture them about it. That's <laughs> right, right. So that that just, you know, that's what caused all this craziness, you know. It's, you know, in the, in the, in the social media world, uh, there are two armies clashing, you know, with, with uh, ever-escalating insults. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. that just doesn't, that's, that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. And what it's about to me, I mean, we're one mind. So you, you hold on to the higher dimensions of your mind. You, you be with people who have that motivation. You use intention. And, uh, all the things that you get on the right side of karma. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what happens is your, your life goes upward uh, in all the right ways. And, and you, and the collective group going up with all of you know, they replace all that fear. Mm-hmm. It's really fear right there because, yeah. as you said, all the rules are, are fading away. They're not changing. They're just fading away. Yeah, yeah because and, they're not serving and, us. And, and, yeah, because it's, it's the error of consciousness. And I, I think once, you, once we see that and ground in it and have a few friends who help us stay there, uh, I think the path has never been more clear uh, in, it, as to how we do that, how we step into the this, the the, uh, the true nature of this world, uh, so that uh, you know we can go forward more quickly, be more inspired. Um, as I said, I think that the human race has figured out how to do it. It's 
not easy. Uh, and it's not something you can just wing, you know, your way through. But in my view, it's it's very simple. What's that? And well, this this how we step into the you know the the breakthrough moment into this extraordinary life that that it, the the world is really designed for. So. What is that path? Because I think that there are plenty of people out there who have been in the consciousness movement for years, sometimes decades, who feel like they're hitting the wall. They, they kind of expected, oh, by about five years ago, that the world would already be different. And yet what we're facing is the chaos, the illumination of the darkness, what's been lurking in the shadows. Um, and... You know, is there something more that we can do or be or shift into a, a new perspective so that can, we can truly usher that in? Because a lot of people, I think, are hitting the wall. Well, I think we're hitting the wall. I mean, it's, it, all of us hit that wall uh, because we're dissatisfied with with the results in our lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, without saying that, I have all the answers because mm-hmm. that's not the case. It's it's the humanity has discovered the an, uh, answers that I believe people can prove to themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's very metaphysical. I mean, I'm sorry, you're not going to be able to live in a materialistic world with materialistic logic and and really blossom in consciousness. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some things that one has to do. And... Um, I, but I think we know those things. And the first one is uh, in, is to become aware of a flow that's trying to happen in your life. Mm. It's always about how to help someone. Right. It's always, you know, the, the, uh, when, you, when you decide, okay, it's not all about me, I can, uh, you know, I've, I've, I can, I'm starting to get these intuitions of, you know, stopping and spending time with someone, you know, or mm-hmm. calling, or intuitions to, uh, you know, join a charity or a drive or uh-huh. a protest or whatever it is, you can, you know, that's where the flow starts. Yeah. And I, and, yeah, go ahead. I, I think about on the, the microcosm of, of individuals, I believe there's some scientific evidence that helping others helps us to heal. So I'm thinking in terms of more collectively, if we come together and help others, then perhaps it will help society and the world at large heal. Well, this is out of order but uh, in the way I present it. But, you know, in my view, there is a karmic design. If you want to have the best life, I mean, a breakthrough life, most mm-hmm. creative, most fulfilling, most having most inspiration, you have to get on the right side of karmic design. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to get aligned with karma. Yeah, and, and we're it's all it's all about karma. Yeah, and I we're, mean, it's, we're, and it's all about helping. We're going to talk more about karma and uh, how to get onto the right side of that when we return here in just a few moments. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field, or aura, surrounding them. 
Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. This is Debbie Pokornik with a break-free parenting tip. If you haven't been practicing active listening or not getting into some bad habits, it's a good idea to go back to the basics and remind yourself how to be a good listener. Here's an idea that might help. When your child comes to you with a story about her day, set aside whatever you're doing and give her your full attention. If you're in the middle of something that can't be put aside, Tell her that you really want to be able to give her story your full attention and ask if you could continue the conversation at a specific time. So for example, this sounds like an important story and I'd really like to give it my full attention. Can we talk about it in 10 minutes when supper's in the oven? Active listening might sound like common sense, but often it's these simple skills that get buried in our parenting pack and easily forgotten or overlooked. Challenge yourself to practice this skill for a full week and see if you notice a difference in how much your child is sharing. For information and to work with Debbie, visit EmpoweringNRG.com. Right now, ask yourself, how far are you from your dream? Are you closer today than yesterday? Entrepreneur and personal coach Deborah Rothschild brings the wit and wisdom to transform you into a new dynamic you. Tune in to the Deborah Rothschild Show, Developing a Dynamic You. To learn more about Deborah, visit thedebrashow.com. That's the D-E-B-R-A show.com. Tune in live every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on transformationtalkradio.com. Your money is your creational energy when you feed your wealth back into what you love. It signals your choices and returns to you. Tune in to Money Momentum with host Karen Baines and learn the truth about the widely misunderstood creative energy that is the cash in your pocket. Realign the things you can't see to get the results you can see. Listen every month for a whole new hour on how to get the money already aligned to who you are. For more information on Karen and Money Momentum, visit soulwhispers.uk. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW in the Seattle area and Transformation Talk Radio around the world. I'm having a, a fascinating conversation with James Redfield. 
you know, I don't think I read his complete bio before, but it's pretty impressive. I mean, we're, you know, we're talking about the New York Times bestseller list three years, including number one for Celestine Prophecy. Um, he's a lecturer, a filmmaker, a therapist, a writing and business consultant, and uh, he's won all sorts of awards. And um, he has been included in the on the Watkins list of the 100 most spiritually influential living people today. So... Um, it's so great to have you here, and it was a kick for me to be rereading the Celestine Prophecy because it's been many years for me, and I, I had forgotten what an exciting adventure it is. Uh, so it's it's fascinating to me that, that you bring forth nine of what I think you say are 12 insights total in the Celestine Prophecy. So That's, that's right. Yeah, it, you know, it's, again, and, and uh, I'm honored always to talk about the subject um, uh, and, and, and to, uh, you know, it's, it's always a, uh, it comes out a little differently, but depending on the audience, and I find uh-huh. that interesting. Uh-huh. But, um, again, it's the, the insights that are covered in these four novels are really steps in the consciousness. And, mm. uh, you know, Carl Jung, the famous, uh, pioneer of psychoanalysis, uh, uh-huh. Broke from Freud because he wanted to uh, introduce consciousness yes. into psychoanalysis into uh-huh. the whole therapy world, and he did that. But he had these ideas that we break, we open into consciousness through steps, and mm-hmm. these steps are firing up archetypes mm-hmm. uh, in our brain, the pathways that are already designed in our brain. And all we have to do is fire them up. Like you don't have to think about each step when you learn to walk. You know that right. that pathway is already in your brain, and consciousness is too. And um, so it's, it's it's very interesting uh, to me that this the whole last hundred years, beginning with him, mm-hmm. of human potential study, has arrived at these, in my view, these twelve steps into. And yeah, you know, twelve is a is a holy world uh, word in the uh, a number in the in the world, and uh-huh. and uh, that's that's what I believe there are. You know, we fire up these twelve pathways in our brain, and suddenly we can sustain the consciousness that we sense mm-hmm. is out there for us. And I really do believe that there's a, a synergism between them. It's kind of like. It, it, it's almost like you, you, you learn one insider and you learn to live that insight at least, you know, a good deal of the time. And then there's another piece. And when you put those two pieces together, it's, it's the sum is, is greater than just the two parts added together. It's, it's right. this, this synergy of, of expansion. Um, and uh, ultimately, you get to this place where your best creativity and your best mission starts to develop in the world. And, and uh, it becomes the most fun of all. So why is creativity important? Well, I think we come here with a mission. Mm. And uh, again, that's that's one of the, the key openings in our brains is that in consciousness, we, we start to hear these intuitions that seem to be guiding us towards something. Right. I mean, you can, you know, you coming from wherever you came to develop this show, you know, you mm-hmm. you know all kinds of synchronicities happen, you know. Oh yes, mysterious coincidences that open doors. It's supposed to be. I don't want to say magical because magic is too ego dominant, but it's it's absolutely uh, uh, fascinating. 
It, it is. And sometimes it'll, it'll make you laugh. Stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> the world it, is designed for our dreams to come true. We just don't step into the flow that's waiting for us. So or it's hard to. How, how do we step into those synchronicities and, and start, you know, following those signs that are everywhere? Well, first we have to center, you know, we, uh, I know before I started thinking about this, you know, life was just, you know, I was just kind of running through it and not thinking about what was happening around me and uh-huh. trying to do this and that. But once you realize that waiting for us is this flow of mysterious coincidences that open all the doors, mm-hmm. that's a what you realize that you have to slow down and, and 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 look at what's really going on. The people that cross your path, the, the what what jumps in front of you and you're on your computer, right. the uh, the chance news report you hear on a television you're walking by. It, all these are potential guidances into our dreams. So what happens is it just kind of uh, all of us and, uh, who. Uh, I know. Once you tune in, then you kind of beat over the head with these synchronicities to that are trying to lead you somewhere, but they're they're hard to interpret. You know, what do you do? Mm-hmm. But you have to you know, slow down and get on this in this flow of life. And you know, that's the first breakthrough point. You have to realize that the evidence for spiritual consciousness in the world is synchronicity. Mm. And Carl Jung is the one who coined that that phrase. The, the the detection one has, their experience one has, of meaningful coincidence. Mm. And once you start to tune in to these, and everybody has had one, right? How'd you get your job? Oh, yeah. How'd you get your come together with your spouse? Right. You know, how'd you uh, do this and that? And people say, "Boy, I was lucky." Were you just lucky, uh-huh. or was this a a hand of faith operating in your life, seeking to get you to step into this path. Mm. So, so one of the things know, that's just kind of a you have to you have to train yourself to wake up in the morning and uh-huh. look for the first synchronicity. You know, that's a different way of approaching life. So, do you think that? Um, let me. I'm not sure. This is sort of a chicken or egg kind of question, but one of the things I found is the. The more I'm aware, the more signs I get. And I'm not sure if it's just because the signs are always there all over the place and abundance of them, or if really it's through my intention of being aware of the synchronicities that more of the synchronicities flow. What's your perspective on it? I think it's both. Mm. Once you decide, okay, you know, we, they, you know somebody has heard the thing talking about this, and they say, well, I'm going to wake up in the morning and start looking for synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they see they see things happening that they wouldn't have noticed before. Right. So, But also, once you start to see them, you start to expect them. Yeah. And when you expect them, you know what the power of intention is. It's a key insight. But, you know, it, it's a matter of then... Uh, realizing that they start to happen, in my view, more, uh, yeah, yeah. more frequently. And it's, so it's, it's sort like of a combination of the intention and, and attention that is a, a, a fabulous combination. That's right. Yeah, 
That's right. And but you know they get larger also as you as you fire up more parts of your brain, your mm-hmm. consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the second and third insights are to me uh, very important because you, the first thing you do is you say, okay, well if this is real, oh my God, if, if this is real, it means spiritual consciousness is real. Mm-hmm. Is real. It actually means that. Uh, the whole world is designed spiritually for you. It's metaphysical, uh-huh. and once you once you do that, the, the next insight is, oh, well, this must have been happening all through history of the human race. Well, yes, <clears throat> all the heroes that came to discover uh, to end slavery, to discover democracy, that make up the certainly progressive step in the world. That all happened. That was someone following their synchronicity to come from nowhere to accomplish some some thing that was that helped. Right, right. So, you know, and and then the third insight we talked about was this karma. Yeah. You know, he, to me, he, 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 this leads this needs to be a longer discussion. So I invite anybody, uh, you know, who's really interested to to come to one of my workshops somewhere. But the the thing about karma is that. I think, without a doubt, you can prove to yourself that it's about helping. So you're look if you're if the synchronicity if you're looking for synchronicity, uh, that's great, and you find it. But if you don't also think, okay, I'm talking to this person, buying a ticket for an airline, do I have a synchronicity for them? Uh huh. Yes. See? Yes. So then you tune in, and once you start tuning in to how you can help, unbelievable openings happen in your consciousness. Yeah, that's oh. why I say it's all designed for helping. And so, so I believe the, the the karmic design is this: you have to be focusing on the synchronicity of who can you can help yeah. as much as who can help you, who can provide a synchronicity for you. It's funny, years ago I had a a fascinating experience trying to get a gift for somebody in a very short period of time, and I ended up writing an article about it, about the the importance of give and take within um, the process of manifesting. And it it kind of illuminated for me that, 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 that playing that synchronicity for others was such an important part of manifesting what it was I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because... Sometimes, usually, you know, if you're if you're in, have an intuition to help someone and you tell them whatever truth comes to you to tell them, and mm-hmm. they go, "Oh my God, I need to hear that just at this time in my life." Yeah, that happens all the time, right? It does. And and so, the, you know, there's a give back immediately from it, but there's a long term effect in my view because I think the karmic design is if you're a helper, if you spend an equal time not trying to just listen for other people's help help to you, mm-hmm. but if you really focus half time helping, being a synchronicity for someone else, right. that makes you a giver karmically. Yeah. Now, what happens if you're a giver karmically? I believe you can prove to yourself that more people, the more you give, the more you draw into your life, people who give to you. So synchronicity mm-hmm. goes faster, right? Right. right. Yes. Uh, so that's the key. Now, what, what happens if you're a taker? 
and we take without being conscious of it all the time. Sure. Uh, every time you manipulate somebody for attention or to for job reasons or to sell them something they don't need or any of that, there's an equal response to that. If you're a taker in any way, what happens is that you draw into your life more takers mm-hmm. to slow your synchronicity down, right? Because they're there to misuse you or to, uh, or to but not as punishment. Right. It's to show you what you're doing. That's why I've seen it over and over again. I mean, and just in work, I, I worked at a prison one time, you know, and and uh, doing, uh, you know, counseling. And it was so funny because <clears throat> uh, I, I had a group of, of thieves, people who are habitual criminal takers, you know, right. outright thieves. Right? Yep. And they would all say, I say, why do you do this? And they say, why not? Everybody does it to me. Mm. <laughs> so, Again, it's I a say, chicken well, and egg thing, proving, yes. <laughs> you're proving karma, yeah. If you yeah. take, if you steal, you're going to be you're going to be stolen from in some way. Yeah. And we're unconscious if we feel energy, you know, and that's a big part of the Celtic prophecy, you know, the energy dynamics between human beings. Um. That's a, that's a great, in, that's a, an important insight, I should say. So, so speaking of, of giving freely, I wanted to mention that you're going to be at the Conscious Life Expo, right? That's right. Uh, that's right. Share a little bit Friday more about night. that. Well, Friday night, 8 to 9.30, I believe. And uh, that's, uh, that's at the, that's, <laughs> I'm supposed to know where it is, right? It, it, well, w- tell, tell us which city. It's in Los Angeles. L.A., yeah. It's in and Los Angeles, it... and it's one of the airport hotels. I'm thinking it's the Hilton, but the, the, all you have to do is, uh, you know, is, is just uh, Google uh, Conscious Life Expo. Yeah, yeah. Um, Los Angeles 2020, and, and you'll get all the details. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's going to be a lot of fun. It's always fun to, to talk about this. And, uh, and I've been on tour uh you know, was uh, we didn't finish t- talking about the new release of the self prophecy, but it's really simple. We start seeing that it was uh, being passed along by two new generations, and uh-huh. baby boomers passed along again. So, publisher wanted to re-release it, and I wanted to do it afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, this oh, I call it a wake-up adventure that that the self prophecy is, and that our lives can be. You know, I've, I've summarized in a, a new afterwards. Yeah, and I really appreciate uh, that because that when, when you're reading the story, it's really exciting when um, through the characters you learn about the various insights and it affects you in a very deep way. And yet it's nice on a rational level to be reminded of what the, the insights are. And then you've offered guidance about how we can apply these to our our own lives. Um, so... One of the things that you emphasize that I think is so important is about the integration of spirituality into our daily lives. Are you talking about just in the meditation room, so to speak, or are you talking about something more significant and more? Um, well, you know, I, I talk to a lot about breaking through to your best creativity, but it's really your best life, your mm-hmm. highest consciousness. And the breakthrough point is when you are watching for. For your the flow of every day, you get up in the morning, 
you you ask what's up in your life. You mm-hmm. kind of you know you have all these things on your list to get done and all that. But yeah, you you make sure you're centered in whatever your story is at any any point, and then you uh, you kind of formulate questions. You know, I need I'm, I don't want to explore this, explore that. Well, that's an intention that the universe responds to with synchronicity. Mm-hmm. So we're really trying. We're really talking about stepping of synchronicity that first shows you your mission. Uh-huh. You know, you, you can just read the tea leaves and go, oh, this is what I'm good at giving. Yeah. And that, that leads you to somewhere to be a larger giver of that information or techniques or invention or whatever it is that you're here to do for humanity. Mm-hmm. And what happens is they all, all these insights integrate together. And it's very simple. All you have to do is be uh, centered in your life flow. You do have to meditate because that's how we learn to stay centered, you know, without having to think about it. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I have a meditation that I recommend, and it's in the, after the book, I talk about it at the, at the workshops. Uh-huh. But I think it's, you know, it's faster, it, it, and, it's, and it's heart-based. I think people would, you know, anybody who doesn't soft that, knows that it's the power of opening that chakra, you can call it, or that aspect of your consciousness, because that's where the security is. The, the, you know, the, the, it heals your all these emotions that knock you out of your path sometimes. Right, right. And that's what's key to staying in the flow. So let's say we get knocked off of our path and we get out of that flow. Um are we just supposed to jump back in, or are we supposed to do a little self-reflection? Well, first of all, you got to make sure you're not taking from people uh-huh. <laughs> or doing something to harm the environment, taking from nature, whatever. You, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're in a business of taking, you're not going to grow very fast. Right. Uh, but once that's done, I believe you have to come back to your – uh, and make sure that your ruling emotion, the one that comes back when some lower emotion knocks you out of your path, mm-hmm. is agape love. Now, you know, <clears throat> that is key because, and some people say, oh, I hate the people that talk about love. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said, well, maybe that's slowing you down if you think that. <laughs> Right. But a lot of people are cynical out there. Okay, I understand. Yeah, but and I think that I think that part of the cynicism has to do with um, what some of this has been turned into. You know, the, this this fluff as opposed to deep substance. That's right. But you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Absolutely. If you if you if you're not opening your heart, guys, out there, mm-hmm. then yeah. You aren't. You can't center in your in your true and open up your 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 natural intuitive intelligence because mm-hmm. it's it's giving base. That means it needs compassion and and the heart is you know the ruling you know in this design the ruling emotion is agape love, not erotic love, but mm-hmm. agape love. Where yeah. and, and it's not and it's a love that is just the present emotion 
that you keep all the time. It doesn't have an object. You can love yourself mm-hmm. or love, you know, the, the the God or the source or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But you, you really want to love as a state of being, right? right? I- including and, including the chaos and the 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 things that are in the shadows that we're not so happy to see right now, right? Right. You got this. You know, there's never a reason to love. Right. So, oh, yeah, know, otherwise it's conditional, it isn't it? <laughs> you're waiting for some reason to love the world. Uh-huh. You know, you're going to be waiting a long time because, right. yeah, it's always, you know, always love always is pushing the envelope, pushing the darkness, enveloping the darkness, right? Uh-huh. So, you know, there's, there's always, you're going to always find chaos in the background of your life. Uh-huh. And 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 the and and, so on, and and you know I want to say this: it's very important that we know right now, this moment in time, the darkness is in whatever you know. People have an instinct for what's dark. The darkness is so confused; it's forgetting that it's supposed to hide its, its the the fact that it's darkness. <laughs> mm. So you have all these people acting crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because they they can't remember how they used to lie about it before. Right. So <laughs> yes, it, it's all it's all showing itself to be healed, right? Right, and and, and that uh, the light is shining upon that shadow, and and that's right. So, so there's no place the to hide. The chaos is is a result that consciousness is winning. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that's what we have to hold on to, and in and and because. And there's a desperation out there. And look, it, it manifests politically. Yeah, yeah. You know? We have come to the end of the show, unfortunately. I want to mention again, Conscious Life Expo, February 7th in Los Angeles. Uh, James will be speaking um, at the, the evening event. And uh, James, boy, this is the hour has flown by. I know we've got lots more to talk about. I want to thank you for joining us here today. My pleasure. And I want to thank you for joining us here today. We hope you've enjoyed this hour, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com, where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.